Welcome to Dr. Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth and climbing the standard rank ladder. I'm your host, Darren Alkaline, and along with me are my fellow hosts, Dragon Rider and Major Death. So last week we had our big 100 episode extravaganza. So we had a poll question last week. So let's go over last week's poll question before we get into the news. Sure. Last week's poll question, we talked about the state of Paladin. And we said, what card in the current Paladin decks do you think needs a nerf? We had 63 votes. Thank you to all of you that voted. And get this, we had a tie. First day of school, Crab Rider both got 36.5% of the vote. Exactly the same. So, uh, so yeah, there's a couple of really good options. And Conviction got 20.6%. So we like hit 90, uh, 94% almost with three, with those three choices. And then other got 6.3%. Uh, Sam C's ghost said that it should be both first day of school and crab rider, but he couldn't vote twice. Uh, Kenneth said nerf it into the ground. Uh, Blister guy said needs an all the above option. That's fair. And then, and then, then we struck a nerve with somebody who said Paladin is fine. Delete your poll. So, so, <laughs> so there well, you go. We didn't but delete the poll. Sorry, bud. We did. But, we, yeah, we did. We didn't delete the poll. But and, I do uh, wish we could address uh, Blister guy's uh, request and put an all check all above because <laughs> i mean i will t- check that one yeah yeah because like <laughs> conviction goes very good with crab rider and all of a sudden that becomes six to plus six and yeah. and i will say i have also seen quite a few people from the wild community commenting about how insane conviction is in uh odd paladin which was already pretty good and now it's like extra insane. And you know, when it's yeah. good in both standard and wild and it's that good, maybe it needs a little bit of tuning. I didn't even think about Odd Paladin. Damn, yeah. that is just a hard hitter. Odd Paladin, and that's not even the best Paladin deck in the wild. Actually, hand buff Paladin is oh, through the good. roof yeah. in, 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 in like, like three or four. Four percent better than every other deck at pretty much every other level of play. It is the odd paladin is good too. Conviction definitely can buff up uh, a lot of. It's easy to get minions on the board because you have the hero power that creates two of them. But um, but yeah, hand buff paladin top really? side five mana and uh, you know leverages crab rider, leverages first day of school, leverages conviction. And it's hard to get them off the board. And, um, yeah, they could just do a lot of damage very, very quickly. So, so do they, was there, do they run the, uh, three, six rush that buffs everything too, or no, is that too slow for that deck? Uh, run that does. Yeah. I think I, th- yeah, it's five mana. So I think that and Lotheb are kind of the top end of the curve. Gotcha. Gotcha. There's, a bunch of the hand buff cards from way back from uh, Mean Streets of Gadgetzan mm-hmm. are in there. You've got some of the tutor cards, um, like uh, oh gosh, the um, the one that just rotated, the three one that draws two two oh, one health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, the Salad's Pride. Salad. It's got Salad's Pride. It's got uh, the the. The spell that draws two one attack minions or oh um is that Christology? Christology, yes. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so it it's got a bunch of spells, it's got a bunch of hand buff, and mm-hmm. then it's got, you know, these cards for finishing. So it's got a lot of rush too. So it's got a fair amount of rush as well. So So is anyone playing Don Cho or is that card still the shit no, that, the garbage no, that it's no. always been? <laughs> No, that costs too much. You, you want, your, you <laughs> I want know. your opponent dead by turn seven, so... Yep. <laughs> ah, God, that card was awful. I uh, just had to get a, have a good chuckle at old Don's expense, so... Yes. All right, so into the news, and we have nerfs and buffs coming Wednesday. 
So after we record this, um, we got to post. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's of we're course. chuckling about because we have the uh, fortunate uh, habit of recording on Tuesday, and apparently all of the Hearthstone world revolves on Wednesday. So, so or Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love the quality of our show. I am annoyed that it, it always hits after we record. So, but we'll have Timing plenty to wise, talk. Timing-wise, it could be better. Exactly. Yes. We'll have plenty to talk about next week, though. Yeah. So, Alec Dawson tweeted about the number of nerfs and buffs coming late last week. Tweet reads, had some great balance talks over the last few days. Five nerfs. 10 buffs in next week's patches. Looking to bring up some underperforming classes slash archetypes. There's some spicy stuff. Um, hoping we're not getting Luna's Pocket Galaxy spite levels of spice. Because <laughs> that's a different kind of spice that I don't want to I don't want to get. <laughs> um, in a separate interview with Alec, he shared two neutral cards will be nerfed, including a Murloc. Hmm. <laughs> Neutral Murloc. Hmm. I can't. I. Uh, I don't think there's anything that fits that. <laughs> I. I'm rocking my. I can't. I can't think of anything, especially nothing on a crab. Is, is, is Tiny Fin still in standard? I don't remember. <laughs> Tiny Fin is. Is Tiny it Fin is. too good at one one for zero? That, right. <laughs> Got to make it cost one. One one for one that does nothing. It's a murloc though. Um, so up to you, uh, so we got a tweet from him today that read patch and patch notes are coming tomorrow. We wanted the full weekend to look at Quillboard and decide on battlegrounds changes. Number of adjustments coming for the minion type. We'd love to have notes out ASAP, but localization takes time. They'll be out for all regions tomorrow. So we will be getting those patch notes and the patch tomorrow. So uh, get ready for uh, maybe a change. <laughs> so yes. So two things about this that really strike me: first, patch notes, patch same day. That that's unusual. Uh, not surprising given what we what we got from Alec today and the fact that there's going to be a bunch of balance changes. Uh, presumably for battlegrounds as well, but two nerfs and buffs. Yeah, I, you know we we've had buffs we the, before, but like it's been one time. I don't know if you would say they were well received because of some of the cards that ended up getting buffed and how they ended up affecting the meta. I, I think it's interesting, and I'd love to get your guys' initial takes as to the thought of buffs coming tomorrow in addition to the nerfs. Um, my initial thought, it, and I don't remember what else they buffed when they... They buffed Luna's Pocket Galaxy was the big one I think everyone remembers that went from seven mana, turn all minions in your deck to cost one, to five mana and then they nerfed it to six <laughs> like after after the fact pretty much so um that but i don't remember what else what other there was nerfs? something out there was they, something you know, else i'm just hoping that they have evolved their yeah. buffing plan <laughs> since then does that uh refresh your memory there daring wait evolve what? shaman Evolve Shaman yeah. was the thing. Did they... Yes. they didn't, when I'm thinking about buffs, did they buff Evolve Shaman? Like, they gave it... They gave it, um... Cage Match Custodian, but I don't think they ever really buffed any of the cards there, did they? Did they bring They're the, uh... The Evolve card back to standard? Wasn't that... Was that what it was? No, that was Doom in the Tomb. That was a special event. That wasn't nerfs. They when right, they but that's the only time they've buffed cards, right? No, no. When they did when they did the Luna's Pocket Galaxy buff, they buffed other cards with it. And the only one anyone remembers right now, and I'm using us as a sample size of three, 
was Luna's Pocket Galaxy, but there were other cards they buffed in that. And so either the other buffs made the cards playable or they didn't do enough. So, but I feel much more confident about it now with the fact of how quickly they have been moving on things. Like, Paladin definitely needs nerfs, but... Like the game, you can play most classes in the game and still have a shot. So like, I don't hate the meta right now. I don't feel like it's the 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 pen flinger meta that was bugging me. So, um, yeah. So I I I have I'm optimistic about the changes. I mean, so extra arms got buffed. That's right. That okay, okay. Yeah, that was that a problem. That was a problem because uh, that was a problem because of uh, uh, pal or uh, what do you call him? High Priest Amat and Inner Fire. I, that, that card getting buffed two mana plus two plus two, as we're seeing in Priest right now, isn't much of I a problem if, it, if you can't immediately Inner Fire something. Okay, so I found or divine I found spirit. It, yeah, I I found the buffs that that they did the last time they did it. It went June third, uh, twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. It was part of the uh, Boomsday project, uh, and Mo- Gloop Sprayer went to seven mana down from eight. Mulch 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 went to nine mana down from ten. Necromechanic went to four from five. Florks Boom Zuka went to seven mana down from eight. Unexpected results went to three down from four. Luna's Pocket Galaxy, the big one, goes to five mana down from seven. Christology got the uh, buff to one mana down okay. from two. Uh, Glowstone Technician went to five mana down from six. Mm-hmm. Uh, extra Arms Cloning Device went to one mana down from two. Pogo Hopper went to one mana. Violet Haze, the Stormbringer went to six mana down from seven. Thunderhead went to a three six and up from a three five. Um, Beryllium Nullifier went to a four eight from a three eight. Security Rover went to a two six from a two five. Spirit Bomb went to one mana from two. And Dr. Morgana went to six mana down from eight. So, like, <laughs> there was. was- there was there were the, there were definitely some misses there, but there were a couple hits that ended up yeah. being pretty pretty impactful. The uh, Luna's Pocket Galaxy obviously being one, Christology being one, mm-hmm. uh, Extra Arms was pretty big. Thunderhead just ended up being a good card then for the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. as in standard. Yeah. Uh, Stormbringer I think was pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, as well, uh, being at six mana. Christology was too right. Christology yeah. was, yeah, for sure. So, uh, so yeah, there was 13 nerfs and about five, four or five of them ended up being pretty impactful. In fact, two of them ended up getting their buff reverted back. Um, extra mm-hmm. arms in Lewis Pocket Galaxy. So. Yep. So I, I want to preface this by saying, for those listening... I am very, very bad with time frames and like, rem- like, so I got these mixed up, but I think they did these, right? And then it was the whole Luna Pocket Galaxy thing. And then like right after that, they did Doom in the Tomb. So then that led like right into mm-hmm. the, the Shaman yeah. stuff. So that's why in my head, they were like the same thing because it, it went for, yeah, that happened this summer. And then it, it was like, no, it was like October or like yeah. Doom the Tomb was like October to November or something like that. Yeah. Um, so in my head, I just clumped them together because it seemed like, one buff, and then in my head, it was like another buff. But I'm really bad at like time frame and that kind of stuff, so I apologize. <laughs> I get that stuff mixed up a lot. I'm like, I don't know. Could have been yesterday. Could have been three years ago. I don't know. Same difference in my head. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have to do like general topics and general things that are going <laughs> to stay consistent because my brain doesn't do time very well. <laughs> are you happy that they're trying to do buffs again? 
Yeah, I would say I, so. I, I, I think I am. I mean, they they learn something from the fir- from the first time, presumably, and uh, it's been two years, almost, almost exactly, actually, two years, because these went in play on June third. So, I, I think it. I think it's time to explore that space again. Hopefully, there's more. Uh, hopefully, there's more things like Thunderhead than things like Luna's Pocket Galaxy, where it was. It just made a card good, but still not like overpowered that it needed to have the buff reverted back, which is, you know, what we saw in a couple instances. And and ten buffs is. That's a quite a good chunk of cards, especially when they're nerfing five and they're buffing ten. Like, that's a pretty good ratio. I'm really yeah. excited to see how it actually changes up the meta. Like, I, I, I don't th- see how. Sorry, I was just gonna say I don't see how this doesn't have a big impact on the meta. Oh, it's going to. I was just gonna observe that, like, I think the like the ner- or the buff they hit on the head in that first set was mulch muncher. Like, taking it from 10 to 9, like, you didn't see it everywhere, but you didn't see it before they they made the change. And then you started seeing that, and that might be due to other cards they've released. But, like, that felt like an impactful one for a Treant Druid because, you know... I mean, because I guess because Aeroponics came out and um, Gorn the Might Tree. So, like... It helped, but I feel like that was a impactful, like, to make the card like, oh, this card's good. It's just not, like, it's not immediately trash fire, but it doesn't, like, it's not like, oh, this card is way too powerful. Yeah. You you want to you wanna see these cards in decks. You want to see these cards exactly. in some play and, and not be, like, the reason people are winning games. It's just a contributing factor. Yeah, something to add to some of these archetypes to make them more viable. So, like... Okay, so then let's get back to it. Um, New standard bundle, now available in shop through May 24th. Five standard packs and a random legendary for five USD. Okay. Yeah, five packs, five dollars, a dollar pack, free legendary. Yeah, seems and like a fair these deal. All, these are all standard cards, so anything that you might be missing from standard, this can help you find, including a legendary. So uh, I almost wish I wouldn't have uh, just crafted uh, Grand Totem Isar because I could have spent five bucks and gotten gotten that, and, uh, and and maybe a few packs to try and get some of the other epics that I'm I'm still missing from from mm-hmm. standard cards. Okay, and then we have Cadgar, Hero Portrait, and Pizza Stone card are back and available in the shop. You know the deal. Cadgar Portrait is available for 1,500 gold or 10 USD. And the Pizza Stone was originally available February 2019 and available for 500 gold or 3 USD. So, um, then we have Dean Ayala's Twitter question and answer number 17. Ixar covered Forge in the Barrens, the Mystery Puzzle Achievement, and Battlegrounds, among other topics. Regarding the upcoming balance changes, uh, G- uh, Alec Dawson mentioned we'll be looking at some of the balance changes soon, and Paladin will be part of that. FWIW. The meta looks pretty healthy overall. Just looking to make a few small changes to give new decks some room to grow. Mini set also quickly approaching. I don't know what FWIW is. For what, For it's, what worth. it's worth. Yeah, For what I, it's yeah I know. I said, as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah. Also, well, here's my For What It's Worth. I mentioned this the last time. As daring was reading the news thing i literally opened up her stone went to the shop made sure i got for 1500 gold the cadgar hero portrait if you're like me and you're gonna forget about it please go do that right now if you're able to jump on it right now <laughs> okay for what it's worth don't forget why would i why would i do that when i could play as kelthazad like he's a freaking lich 
I mean, <laughs> yeah. Cadgar. I mean, is... if you want the portraits and the card backs and all that stuff, Edgar is amazing. So I don't. I... I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you that Cadgar is cool. I'm just saying I get to play as an undead monster. So like that. That speaks to me more than you know, human mage. Sorry, I get to play as like hot ice Jaina. So. All right, that's, sorry, I'm just going to do that. That's yeah. that's yeah, that's completely I, that's is, a very acceptable a option too. More, there there is a lot more competition for for what mm-hmm. what uh portrait you should be playing in mage now than there ever was, but for a while I think Edgar was the best option and um yeah, I I still still have uh him as my default mage card or hero portrait. Hint KT is correct option. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so regarding Demon Hunter now in post-patch, Demon Hunter isn't f- that far off. There's some pretty cheap tempo decks that are very close in win rate to some of the tier 2 decks. After the balance patch, I expect Demon Hunter to be right up there. And regarding the mystery puzzles, it was done because the Celestion has a passion for things like this, and he's made it happen. So, mysteries of the Phoenix card back achievement solved. So, it's an, uh, it's on out of cards. Um, so, four puzzles must be unlocked by playing certain classes and then playing certain cards and only those cards in a single turn. Solutions for unlocking and completing the puzzles puzzles are available within this article. Yeah, it, t- it takes a little while to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I took about two two and a half hours last Friday night, and uh, it was definitely playing some some different games uh, because you have to build a deck that has these certain cards in it, and then once you get the puzzle, then you have to do the puzzle and. They were not easy. Uh, the, the, the this was definitely a community figure it out, and and, uh, and go from there. And yeah, you could pretty much go go to any site to get the solutions to the puzzles. But they are they they are no joke. But uh, kudos for putting something like that in there. Everyone was talking about this last week and, and uh, trying to figure out what was going on. It even crashed. The innkeeper servers, you they actually <laughs> turned off the practice servers because so many people were trying to get in there to try and figure out these puzzles. So kudos to Celestalon for putting putting coming up with and then the the entire team from implementing something like this. And uh, he put out a whole thread explaining like in detail about the whole process and a whole bunch of stuff. So if you're interested in kind of the behind the scenes stuff on that, highly recommend reading that thread. It was very, very fascinating. Might have, might take a little while to read the whole thread, you know, just like it would to do the puzzles, but worth the read if, uh, if you're interested. So, um, and then we want to shout out and give a hat tip to Blizzard. Um, the Battlegrounds event um, has much better inclusion since half of the uh, contestants this time are women. So bravo, Blizzard. Let's let's keep it up. Let's keep including people from the community to represent different facets of the community. So like, I feel like this is certainly a step in the right direction, and we need to... Uh, remember that and not let that just fade away. Let's, let's remind them and thank them for their, their good work, but to, to keep it up because we need to keep this train rolling. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually planning. I think it's, uh, what time does it start? Because, uh, our episode will be live already, but. Yeah, our our episode's going to be when we release this. It'll already be over. I think it's yeah. at like nine nine a.m. Pacific time is usually about the start time for a lot of this stuff. So we didn't go into details on how. Sorry. We didn't go ten, into ten a.m. Ten a.m. Okay. Uh, so we didn't go into detail. It's on Twitch. It'll be on Twitch on YouTube. You can get card packs for watching. 
uh, not only this, but any Hearthstone stream tomorrow. So hopefully you took advantage of that. And yeah, I think I think uh, I will probably try and catch some of this because because um, yeah, they did it. They did a better job with the uh, with the teams this time. Yeah, that's the only reason we didn't sit here and promote it because by the time you hear this, the event will already be over. So yeah. we are we are very approving of what Blizzard do, and we really wanted want people to go out there and watch it. But unfortunately, I can po- we can post it on Twitter, um, but that's about all we can do because this isn't going to go live until Thursday. So or Wednesday I'm, night. I'm thrilled. So. I'm thrilled yeah, to see this. I'm going to be watching. I'll have it on in the background pretty much the moment it, it goes live. Those Battleground events are super fun, number one. It's super interesting and makes me feel like a scrub <laughs> watching them play Battlegrounds. So I'm just like, damn. Um, but, you know, it's it's super cool. So it's, it's just a fun. Those events are super fun. And the casters... Uh, Saddle, Gia, uh, Educated Collins. I don't know if yeah, Derek is going to be playing this time. Educated oh, that's right, Collins he is playing. in that. So yeah, I'm not I'm sure who they're going to casted, but uh, like Frodan and Gia. Oh, that's right, yeah. Frodan. Oh man, I I wish Saddle was there too because like I love Saddle's <laughs> casting, especially in the battleground stuff. But like Gia's great. Gia's hype in the battleground stuff. So like, go watch it. It's going to be a good time. Um, so then moving on, Blitzchung, RDU, and Nalgadon win week four of Grandmasters. Uh, this was the second week of Specialist. Uh, the deck winder for each, Blitzchung had Spell Token Druid, RDU had Lunacy Spell Mage, and Nalgadon had Lunacy Spell Mage. Note, this week we saw the players bringing 18 mages, 17 priests, while the other class were combining only reaching 12 picks. So, and That's crazy to th- me. That's I will so say, crazy. Europe, the top eight in Europe were seven mages, one priest. And then Warma got knocked out, and it was top four was all mage. <laughs> so those matches yeah, I, went quick. <laughs> I think was it... Uh, I think it was the NA, the the Americas, that was uh, like the outlier. If yeah, I remember priest correctly, well, to be fair, a- APAC was an outlier in itself too, because like there were token druids that were doing well, and the yeah. the only token druids in Europe and America got that you know they got their teeth kicked in basically. I feel um, like it was the first week we've really seen a big discrepancy like that. So that was kind of cool to see in terms of like the different regions kind of bringing different classes. Um, yeah. Also, you, it, oh God. I, I was just going to say, and if you like priest mirrors, the end Friday, yeah. uh, there were, <laughs> there were two priest mirrors of the four elimination games. And uh, yeah, those were, those were something. <laughs> um, there was a master class in priest play by Muzzy, um, especially in Rami uh, Muzzy versus Rami. Even though Muzzy lost that game, Muzzy versus Rami game one, priest versus warlock, insanity. Like he. Like the lines he took just was just like mind blowing, um, and Rami wasn't running the standard uh, deck you would see on ladder um, with uh, Ticketus and uh, there was Ticketus, but it didn't have um, Yasharaj. Yasharaj and the the um, cascading disasters and the um, strongmen. So it was a little bit different, but it's still an unfavored match for the priest. But like. That was a crazy match, and Muzzy pulled it out. And like, I always, I always really liked Muzzy in his play. But like, damn, that just that was like one of the coolest things. So if you like control decks, that was like a master class in Priest. Yeah, so, I mean, that's like a hard sixty forty or possibly more favored for the Warlock. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he got the win in the first game. And took 
Rami to like the limit on the other two games. Yeah, it was it was absolutely crazy to me how close that was. And there were there were points where the casters were like, Muzzy is not winning this game in game one, like several points. Yep. And like yep. he won the game. And then there were like other points in the other games. And yeah, he didn't end up winning, but he got so like one turn, like one other discover or one other play or one other move. And he may have won those games as well. So it, it was, it was quite amazing to see. Yeah. He's done way better against Warlock than I ever have as a priest. So like, Oh, that was, that was just nuts. So, um, okay. And then this week, or so, oh, sorry, got that note. So Dragon Rider, why don't you go into your qualifier update for this week? Yeah. So over the weekend, I tried to play uh, as much as I could. Um, unfortunately still no top eights, but I did manage to get at least like every day of the weekend, I was getting top 32s and top 64s, so I'm getting very consistent. Like, I, re- I remember when we were first starting this, and I was like, I got my first, like, top 32. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely getting consistent, so I'm feeling really good about my play overall. And I do want to mention that one of them that I got all the way to round five, which I think was... I think that one ended up being a round of 64, um, not 32, because it was a pretty full tournament, but I was actually playing on my laptop with no deck tracker while I was also playing a board game. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel confident that overall my play is getting better. And I think in terms of that, that makes me feel like my autopilot gameplay is at a pretty high level. So I can kind of like, do other things and kind of autopilot play, which tells me I could do it if I really focus and, and, you know, just learn those few little things that I'm, I'm missing. So I'm feeling pretty good overall about that, even though I'm not getting still those big results that I'm wanting. Um, and in terms of like other qualifying stuff, of course we have this coming weekend, we'll have nerfs. So the qualifying meta will change yet again. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then this weekend, I've also got two other tournament related things that I will announce at the end of the show. But speaking of like learning the couple of little things that I need to improve on, as well as actually, I'm really glad that you guys pointed out about the Muzzy uh, matchup because the topic that we have for this week is actually talking about like favorable and unfavorable matchups. And kind of talking about how you can play differently in unfavorables or favorables. You know, just how how does the play vary? And I I just want to say I kind of came up with this idea um, last week when I was streaming. I was playing some Rush Warrior. I was trying to practice Rush Warrior. And, um, you know, someone came into the channel and I looked at my HS you know, tracker stats. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. I'm like demolishing priests, but I'm not doing very well versus mage. And this person in chat was like, wait, what? They're like, no, no, no. Like, no, this deck does really well versus mage and it does not do well versus priest. And I was like, huh? Okay. So like, let's trade notes then, because clearly we're doing something differently in those matchups. And you know, kind of talking it through a little bit, I was being a lot more patient and kind of playing it a little bit more combo-y in a way, like building up for big swing turns versus priest. And I wasn't playing very aggressively versus mages, whereas the person in the chat was doing it the opposite. They were playing very aggressively versus mage, but they were also playing very aggressively versus priest and losing those. So that kind of gave me this idea of like, hmm, let's, uh, let's kind of talk about this and what, what makes those changes and, and how we play differently in different matchups. But I think uh, mage get you in there next. Well, so it's, it's an interesting discussion because like, first off I, I've played rush warrior uh, against uh priest and against mage. And I think they're both difficult matchups. 
in insofar as like neither of them play a ton of minions and so your rushing doesn't necessarily uh, allow for you to get the value that you that you need or want and so i definitely think you need to be aggressive against the mage and you definitely don't probably want to be aggressive against against priests so it's it's interesting though because like I I think of when I look at the meta right now, I look at the meta and it looks to me like the decks that are really popular, the decks that are performing really, really well are very swingy. They have a turn or a set of turns, you know, a kind of a setup turn and then a an execution turn, if you will, uh, that really power what it is they're trying to do. And so I I almost wonder is... Can you really play matchups all that differently? Like, if if your deck does X and, it, and like you know against Mage, or you know if you're dealing with Mage, you know what they're trying to do. Like, do you just try and do the thing that your deck wants to do, the the power plays that you have to do, and then just see what happens at that point? Obviously keeping in mind, you know, what the other deck is capable of and that sort of thing. But like, I, I don't know. I, I just, part of me is just like, it feels like in a lot of cases you just, I want to do my big swing thing and that's going to win me the game. So let's go from there. I wanted to get your guys' reaction, I guess, to that, to that thought. So I, my initial reaction is that, well, I tend to play more controlling decks. So <laughs> like reacting is kind of what I do. And <laughs> yeah, I mean. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I've been playing a lot of priests. So um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's it to me. But it, it, it really feels like you have to kind of know what you where your deck can stretch and like what you can and can't get away with um and if another deck is going to race you can you win that race like yes you you can focus on your power and what your deck does but like some of the times you're not going to be able to win that race or some of the times that like your that race is all you have like, if you're playing against, like, a weapon rogue and you don't have any weapon destruction, then, well, your prob well, race is probably the only chance you have to win. So I guess it depends on the matchup. But, like, my initial thought is to play to your deck strengths. And sometimes, um, you know, it, it, it feels like it's a mix of both, like, Yes, you want to play and do the extremely powerful things your, your deck was already designed to do. But if it's an unfavorable matchup, maybe you're a warlock and you play an uncorrupted Ticketus on six because you want the eight eight body on the on the board. And it doesn't matter if you burn five cards in your deck; you weren't going to live past that anyways, unless you could stick you know stick a board and fight on board. You know, um, so. My my thought is in the unfavorable matchups, you have to focus on w your your win conditions against the deck. And if it's like if you're a control deck and you're in an unfavorable matchup against like a real hyper aggressive deck, then well maybe focus on staying alive for as long as you can for like um and like warlock versus mage. Like if you're know your opponent's going to be trying to burn you down and you know hit you with Mask of Cthulhu's, you're gonna try and put you know min you're gonna try and put health on the board to to block the Mask of Cthulhu. You're gonna try and save your healing for times when you can have big bursts of healing, um, which may not be exactly what you're wanting to do normally because you probably want to be focusing on life tapping and you know corrupting your big stuff burning their deck but if that isn't what you have time for then i guess you focus on what is going to give you the best chance to win the game so my my initial answer is don't focus on what your deck's going to do naturally do what your deck has the ability to do to win the game 
Dragon Rider, what about you? Yeah, I think it's a very interesting question. So, like, I think for me, the overall question or the overall answer to in a swing dominated meta, can you really play matchups that differently? I'm going to say overall, yes, but also no. Like, and so I'll explain that. I know, I know, I'm, I'm going to be on the fence about it. That's what it sounds like. It's a hard um, question. It's a hard question. No, it's, it's a very good question, and it's a very good discussion. And I think part of that is it's going to depend on what deck you're playing and what deck your opponent is playing, which leads into the it depends on the matchup. But I'm going to say it depends on what you're playing as well. And I think that it depends on what you're playing more so than what your opponent is playing most of the time. Um, so Daring brought up, uh, Weapon Rogue, for example, which I was even thinking is a great example. There's really only kind of one, like, way to win with that deck, right? You, you get your weapons, you push on a lot of pressure, all right? And you deal a lot of damage with big weapon hits. If you lose your weapons and your opponent removes those or puts up a bunch of taunts and you can't smack them in the face, you tend to just kind of run out of gas and you can't really do anything. So in terms of decks that really aren't as flexible with what they can do, yeah, you just go for what your deck is doing. But if play, get, get the weapon, buff the weapon, hit them in the face. That's yeah, what you exactly. do. Then, like, yeah. then you're probably really not playing the matchups very differently at all. That because that's all your deck really does. And I feel like a lot of aggro decks for the most part are like that. Um, or just decks that are less flexible, right? If you don't really have ways to play minions and be aggressive, you can't play aggressively. So there is not really a race. For example, control decks generally don't really do that. Every once in a while, you might see them be able to kind of play for tempo and and be able to beat the opponent on like turn seven, eight, nine, because they've just played some minions and done a little bit of, you know, damage here and there but that's not really the same as like i'm being super aggressive and as a priest or a warlock i'm playing these like 16 minions before turn five and killing you like that's not really how it works so so my answer to that is i think you can play matchups differently but it will depend on how flexible the deck you are playing is and that's when then you got to start we're going to talk about some different things but that's when you kind of analyze what is your deck wanting to do? Is there different ways that I can play it? I feel like there are a lot of mid-range type decks in the meta right now and flex cards that can allow you to play matchups differently. So even when we do have those big swing turns, there is some flexibility. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out what that flexibility is in your deck. I guess... I guess... The vantage point when I when I ask that question, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of a of a player that is playing things like Token Druid, Aggro Paladin, Secret Paladin, no spare, no minion mage. Though I Weapon Rogue is actually you know Poison Rogue is is a is another one that kind of falls. It feels like in that same plan where it's the deck has a win condition and it's and it's a really powerful win condition and can win you a lot of games but like how you know when when do you try and deviate from that like it feels like most of the time i end up just being like yeah maybe i trade a little bit more or something like that try and control the board of sweat like mirror matches definitely end up being that way especially when it comes to like paladin and stuff but yeah, I guess it it really does sort of depend on the on the deck that you're playing because yeah, if you're if you have like if if twenty plus cards are dedicated to doing one thing, which is finding you weapons, buffing your weapons, and hitting the opponent in the face, there's not really a lot of things you could do with to kind of play matchups. You're just I have to keep the cores for a taunt. And I have to keep looking for poisons because I'll run out of weapon charges otherwise. So, yeah, no, that's that makes a lot of sense. So do you like how 
how do you start thinking about matchups? Like, do you like where 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 do you where do you start, or where do you decide that you actually can play something differently, or or you know what? I, I guess, where where do you start with this? I look at what my opponent like, what the deck type I am playing against. What are they trying to do? What are the vital things they need to accomplish? Like, I can't stop a mage from, you know, flinging Canner's Flow on the board. I'm not playing, like, if I was playing Paladin, I'd be like, well, I want to keep Oh My Yog at all costs to prevent them from throwing um, that on the board as soon as possible. If I was playing a secret Paladin, right? Um and I mean that that little bit of disruption is probably the only thing you can do to stop like something like that. But like, um, if I if I'm playing uh, against a deck that wants to be on the board, like if I'm playing in a more aggressive matchup and I'm playing uh, Warlock versus say Face Hunter, I'm going to mulligan for one drops. I'm going to try and get things on the board. I'm going to try and keep things on the board and I'm going to fight for the board and then I'm just going to try and amass heal and try and put some soul fragments in my deck and do whatever I can to keep the board tension as light as possible until I can get into some of my later turns. But like it it really just depends like how bad the matchup is because like some of the times like there's like against mage mage is like a prime example like what can you do against mage well i can try and stack health on the door on the board and hopefully they haven't cheapened stuff enough so they can just automatically get a free pass and then play mask of cthune and just hit me for a bunch or like that there's multiple uh imprisoned phoenixes on the board and they're gonna wake up next turn and um well, <laughs> not much you can do there, but like it's just it's just knowing where you can. Um, I try and figure out. It's just know your enemy basically is where I start and go. Okay, what can I do that stands a chance against what they're doing because they're trying to hit me? How do I beat them? Yeah, and I think for me, I'll just say like my kind of another example that I thought of for uh, this topic speaking of spell mages I've been playing I'm gonna call it no minion mage because spell mage and spell damage mage confuse me uh, so no minion mage I've been playing a decent chunk lately and yeah hunter especially face hunter is one of the worst matchups for that deck uh, and I feel like I've actually had better success when I don't try to go for the big power stuff. If I have Encanter's Flow in the starting hand already, then of course I'm keeping that, but I don't generally like hard mulligan all my other stuff away trying to find that like I do in other matchups. Um, and I've had better success against face hunters because I'm finding like kind of what Daring was saying with Warlock. I'm trying to find those early things, tools to control the board and I take it as a very, like, kind of control matchup. Where it's like, alright, if I just kill all their stuff on board with all of my spells that target their minions and then later build up to where then I just play some fireballs and some masks and stuff later, then they're to the point where they're top decking now, turn 5, 6, 7, and then I'm kind of in the clear and I can beat them. So it sounds weird, but it's like, if you're already unfavored, even if they do end up getting the damage through and killing me, it's like, well, I was probably already going to lose that matchup. Exactly. But I think one thing that I really try to do is after I kind of get a feel for a deck and see how it's going, and I've kind of built up, you know, even, I know we, we've talked about this previously, but even if I've gotten... 10, 15, 20 games with a deck, I'll kind of look at my HS replay stats and then I'll go and check like the website and see kind of what the matchups look like there at Legend. Um, so I'll see like, we gave the example earlier with Rush Warrior and, and Priest versus Mage. 
well, if I have like a 30% win rate against something and I look and it's at like a 55% win rate, I'm probably doing something wrong in that matchup if everybody else is doing 20% win rate better than me. So then that's when I can kind of take a step back and think, well, okay, so maybe I'm not doing something correctly in that matchup. And then kind of the opposite. If I'm noticing, hey, you know, this matchup shows that it's only like a 40% and I'm winning 55% of the time. Like maybe I'm doing something differently that other people aren't that's helping me win that matchup. And it's just a matter of trying to figure out what it is that you're doing. Um, and, you know, we've talked about these kind of things before, but recording, if you stream, you can go back and watch your VODs. If you use HS Replay, go back and watch your replays. Talk with other people about it. Have them review to see what, what you're doing. But figuring out what it is that you're doing differently in those matchups. And then, you know, obviously, if you're winning, continue doing that thing that you figured <laughs> out, hopefully. Keep um, drawing in Cantor's Flow on two. That will help a well, great yeah. deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, if if it's a matter of, like, okay, well, that's that's another thing actually is that's kind of the next bullet point is like what cards are the most important and this ties back into what that we kind of talked about with that your first question it's like uh are you finding the cards that are helping you with your game plan because obviously you know if you have those big power turns those big swings those important cards that are like i have to have this card to do the thing like i need the weapon to do the thing and smack them in the face well, you should be trying to find the weapon, right? So if you're not getting the weapons, then obviously there's that. And, you know, there's going to be some RNG and variance with that. But are you not keeping cards that maybe you should be? Or are are you hard mulliganing for something specific and you're actually getting rid of cards that maybe you should be keeping anyways? Um, there's also some differences sometimes with uh, whether you have coin or not in some decks. So, you know, thinking about how things play out, like, you know, if you, do you really want to play that one drop when you don't have coin or do you need that one drop when you don't have coin? Like I don't have coin. I need to have this one drop to play on the first turn. Kind of thinking about just overall, how does that matchup play out? And, you know, you don't have to think about specifics, but the general, like, okay, I play something, they play a minion, I play a minion, they clear this minion, I clear their minion. It, what is the kind of overall game plan in that matchup can also kind of help you think about, you know, maybe this card isn't very helpful in that matchup. Maybe this card is not doing enough, or every time I seem to have this card in my hand against a mage, it just sits there and I don't do anything. And if that's the case, don't keep it in your mulligan for sure. Like, think about just getting rid of it, trying to find something else. Um, so that's kind of the, like, general way that I I look about it. Is, like, kind of compare HS Replay, Vicious Syndicate, uh, you know, all of those have stats for matchups. Uh, and you can kind of compare if you're keeping track of your own stats, even if it's just, like, if you're on mobile or something and you don't have deck tracker, even just writing down, you know, as you're playing mage, say mage versus warrior, I lost, you know, mage versus paladin, lost, you know, whatever it is, tracking just the, the general stats like that can at least kind of help you see some patterns and then you can kind of get a, a frame from there. I do that when I'm playing at, at work during the lunch hour. I actually have a little little sticky note and I have a win column and a loss column, and I will put like spell mage in the win column, or I'll put rush warrior in the loss column, and I'll do that for each of the games so I can see exactly how I did uh, in the in the session when I'm done with it. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, I with with like tempo tempo decks and like aggressive decks, I, I like that you differentiate between having the coin and not having the. And I like when when I'm playing those decks, I want to have a game plan for the use of the coin, if at all possible. And and figuring yeah. out where I'm going to fit it in. Because it feels like when I'm playing 
tempo decks a lot of times. You know, obviously I want something on curve, but like typically the next mana cost is going to have a better minion usually or have some more powerful effect. So, you know, I'm not suggesting throw away curve cards to get something else. But what I'm saying is, is like leverage the coin when you have it. The, the coin is the equalizer for you going second. And, and so having a plan, like... I, I feel like, you know, sometimes people think of the coin as kind of an afterthought, and it really should be part of your plan, especially in the early game when you're uh, when you're playing tempo or specifically aggressive style decks, because that is, I mean that that is how you how you can turn matchups around, make a f- unfavorable matchup into a an even matchup or maybe even slightly favorable. So, yeah, I mean, I know. When I mulligan and I have the coin, I keep that. <laughs> I mulligan for plays around the coin. Like, I really focus on areas where I can swing things. So, and especially, like, you also keep in mind of what it's super good for if you're playing against Paladin um, or Mage, triggering a counter spell or, oh my yog, like, what the coin is not the most ideal, but it's way better than the you triggering it with the spell that's going to keep you alive, right? Like that's the, I mean, I always my general consensus is like when I'm playing a control deck into a more aggressive deck, if there's any kind of that disruption, I make a plan for the turn that I want to use the coin and be like, all right, well here's what I'm going to try and do to use the coin. Here's what I'm going to try and do to, you know, uh, if the coin actually happens, here's, here's the, the actual plan I'm going to make. Like, I'll give you an example today. I was playing against a aggressive paladin. I was playing warlock. Um, he had three secrets up on turn six. I use the coin trigger. Oh my yog. He swings again with the sword of the fallen on turn seven puts up oh my yog again i i throw away soul shear and then i play another minion and then on turn eight i'm free to um twisting nether like so i knew i was like okay well i know his secrets are i can go boom get rid of it boom get rid of it and like so the coin was then and always like my (laughs) Oh my yog tester. So, um, but yeah, it's just like, especially like you're saying in the aggressive and tempo decks, like getting that big swing of being able to put down a minion or a minion in a buff or like whatever, whatever spell effect to get you, you know, either back on curve or to give you strong combo plays turn after turn after turn to stack pressure. Like, you should be mulliging for that, right? So, did we want to talk about anything else before we wrapped up for the uh, the week? I think I think we've talked about it before, but when you're in an unfavorable matchup, you can try different things. Yep, because, because oh, yeah. you're you're probably going to lose yeah. anyway because it is an unfavorable matchup. So go ahead and try something. To be like, yeah, you know, it's I better. wouldn't normally do. I wouldn't normally do this, but let's see what happens if I do this, and maybe it'll have a good outcome. Maybe it won't have a good outcome, but you'll have that knowledge as to whether or not this is something you want to try in a more competitive match, or or maybe maybe you find a way to 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 kind of get yourself an extra percentage point or two in, in an unfavorable matchup. It's all about giving yourself the best chance to, to, to win games. And, and so if you can find something just by trying some different things, find something that can actually help you in those unfavorable matchups to make them a bit more favorable, that, that, that's going to be, that's going to make getting, getting to where you want to go goal wise, uh, that, you know, that much easier because, because you maybe, maybe you won't lose a game that you, that you would have normally because because of that. Also, I would recommend to um, maybe try 
try getting a practice partner or going on the ladder with the deck, the super favorable matchup, and you'll run into the the un your opponent playing the unfavorable matchup. See how they beat you. Like see how like so, like you're gonna win most of the time, but you're going to lose. Some of the time, how did they beat you? What did you do to keep the pressure on them? What would you, like, where where would you have felt pressured to do something different? You know what I mean? Learn, learn the enemy. Learn, you know, like, learn the strong counters. And then you can, you understand what they're really trying to do when they see you come in as X deck. And you know where your outs are. So, like, that's just from experience, too. So, okay. All right. Everyone's nodding their head. So, let's wrap up the show this week. And we did have a poll question, Mage, that is very relevant to our topic. <laughs> yes. The poll question this week is the same question that I asked Daring and Dragon Riders. So, I want to know from you. We, we, we have right now, I think, one of the more swing-turn-dominated metas that we've had in a little while. And so I want to know, in a very swing-turn-meta-like, dominated meta like this one, can you really play around? Can you really play matchups that differently? Answers are simple. Yes or no. We'd love to get a reply from you as well. Tell us what you think. Elaborate. Uh, and we will talk about the results on next week's show. Speaking of the show, you can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can follow our top pin tweet to join our Discord. And you can email the show at Dr3HS at gmail.com. And you can find myself on Twitter and Twitch at Daring Alkaline. Uh, Dragon Rider, what about you? Right. You can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D A W N I E D K. And streaming uh, Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Mountain Time now. Uh, it's so early. It's it so, so early. early. Uh, but it, you know, it allows me to feel more awake while I'm streaming and get some other things done through throughout the rest of the day. So it's been working out pretty well. So I'm going to probably stick with this for a while and see how see how it goes. Um, but you can find that at twitch.tv slash DK. And I alluded to having a couple of little announcements. Um, normally, I take Sundays off of streaming. But this weekend, uh, I'm actually going to be streaming uh, a little like streamer tournament. It is called the Streamer Bowl, held by another fellow streamer, Poimlock. And uh, he's going to be doing some casting on his channel. But it's 16 other streamers. Uh, I was the champion of the first Streamer Bowl. And unfortunately got knocked out fairly early in the second one. So this is my like, all right, this is the third one. I'm going to try to get back in it. Um, so that's going to be Sunday at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. And I will be streaming that. And then also some more exciting news. Uh, Friday night, I will be casting. Uh, we have a a cool thing that's going on. It's like a, a whole showcase uh of games that uh, USC is putting on uh, the University of San Diego or geez, you know, Southern California. Just, thank you. <laughs> I've got so many things in my brain right now. Yes. <laughs> USC University of Southern California. My brain just was like California filled in words. Um, and on Friday, they're doing like a whole showcase of some games and they are having Hearthstone as one of the like six feature games. So I will be casting that uh, Friday night. That is going to be the Hearthstone portion is 6.15 p.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. So would love to have you stop in the stream and I will be promoting that on my, my Twitter. And I'm sure talking about it during streams. So you can uh, head over there to find more information. And Mage, take us home. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm at MageDeath. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, audio issues notwithstanding. You can find me at twitch.tv slash MageDeath. It's 
been a frustrating couple of streams trying to get uh, get stuff figured out. I've, but I think I think I might have it. Though I had a bunch of issues right before this, so I don't know. But hopefully, I can go the entire time, and I would love to see you there. We get we hit legend. I got to play three games yesterday, and we did manage to hit legend. Like I know Dragon Rider did as well. So we're gonna be playing playing some priest possibly a legend to try to get to the 500 wins there i still haven't picked tavern regular portrait i still have to figure that out looking for suggestions or comments on on which one i should take um but yeah we'll, we'll be doing that and i'll probably be trying to play a little bit more classic as well trying to get a higher multiplier over there so it's not quite so difficult to to ladder up because it's a little less crazy than wild right now wild is Kind of nuts, so I'm kind of going back over to uh, classic and and seeing what it was like before I actually started playing the game full time. So awesome, awesome. Well, make sure uh, specifically you check out Dragon Rider on Friday and um, obviously on Sunday as well. So and all as always, come by Mages Monday, Wednesday, Friday stream. Let's make sure we're talking you guys up so uh thank you everyone for tuning in and as always you've been listening to dr three